Hi, welcome back to the Vergecast from Verge Now, a resource for creative and innovative ministry leaders. I'm your host, Lisa Smith, the pastor and artistic director at Convergence, a creative community of faith in Alexandria, Virginia. And today we are here with Sam Bodkin of Group Muse for our second podcast in the Gather 2019 series, where we are reimagining worship and soulful community for rising generations. Sam is the CEO and founder of Group Muse, a platform enabling communities to come together around great art, an online social network that connects young classical musicians to local audiences through concert house parties, and to share the great masterpieces of music with old and new friends in your living room and throughout your city. Because art is better with your friends, because music can't hear itself, because we need to feel together. I love that little thing. That's awesome. So welcome, Sam. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here. So just to catch everyone up, uh, Verge Now is a website that's dedicated to documenting uh, the case studies from the experiences that Convergence has explored over the last 12 years in worship, arts, and Christian community. And you can head over to www.vergenow.org to take a look at some of them. Um, but of course, we aren't just going to focus in the past. Like everyone else, we're navigating the the future and the present. So this podcast is a way to invite you into this journey and and hopefully our questions and experimentations can be useful to you and you can join us with your questions um, as we explore. So again, our current case study is to reimagine worship and soulful community for rising generations. And this project is made possible through a vital worship grant from the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship in Grand Rapids, Michigan, with funds from the Lilly Endowment Foundation. So as part of that project over the last quarter, we've been kind of digging into um, uh, gathering, really, and spending time researching the way the religious and cultural landscape is changing specifically in relationship to millennials and Gen Z. And we've been reading the book, The Art of Gathering and the How We Gather Reports out of Harvard. And um, that's really one of the ways that we connected with you because that's something that that you are a part of mm. as well. Group Muse was a part of. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I told you earlier, my husband Jay had been to one of your shows, had told me about you guys a while ago. And so when that kind of came up with the reports, it just seemed like a really natural fit for us to be able to talk to you and hear more about what group news is and, and where that's where that's come from and where it's going. Mm-hmm. So tell us about group news. Sure. Um, well, group news is a platform, an online platform that connects classical musicians who perform locally with folks who reside locally so that the community can put together its own classical music house parties, which we call group muses. Mm. The individual event is called the group muse. And the idea behind a group muse is not just to make classical music more accessible. It's not just to demystify this great art form. Um, It's not just to create a meaningful support base and performance opportunities for young musicians. All of those are extremely important. But foundationally, it's about creating a vibrant and dynamic community of unabashedly positive, intimate, and spiritually nourishing social experiences um, to make people feel more alive and more present in their communities and to make people feel more connected to our collective past. 
because these masterworks have reverberated through the ages. They are possessed of such wisdom and presence that they just stick around because mm. generation upon generation of musician ha has has recognized that there's something still there. There's something that still needs to be shared. There's something that just never dies about these great masterworks. And and so, you know, we say it's all about connection. And I like to think that it's it's connection in space because we're all crammed together on a living room floor. And it's also connection through time because, uh, you know, our our ancestors have been listening to this music. When I say ancestors, I mean, I mean, broadly conceived, um, you know, not just like our bloodline. I think mm -hmm. when I talk about ancestry, I mean, all the all the folks who did work to create the world that we've inherited right. today. Um, and and so that connection to our past, I think, is really important, especially at a time when our future seems kind of uncertain and the cultural conditions that gave rise to these masterworks um, are, you know, pretty highly suspect in some ways. I mean, a lot of these great uh, composers were employed in aristocratic courts and now in the 21st century, we're like, what are we going to do about our current aristocracy that seems so far removed from the conditions of life mm -hmm. that... Um, they, they seem content to destroy the environment, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so I think it's, you know, I, I want to acknowledge the fact that things have, have evolved considerably, of course, from a social perspective. We know so much more than, say, um, Mozart or Haydn did about what a just and equitable society looks like. But it's also, I think, uh, an important reminder that those conditions did yield these unimaginable cultural fruits that are so profound and are, or at least ought to be, I think, a great source of pride um, for the whole human race. Uh, just such complexity, such nuance, such depth that that never dies, and uh, and I think it's a it's a way to sort of to say you know we're looking at. 500 years of western western history and cultural tradition and say like yeah there've been some there've been some bad <laughs> bad bad moves and some mistakes and we are definitely need uh, in need of guidance but there have also been just some like unimaginable joys and jewels that are worth celebrating and and using to to help light the the path forward as well yeah yeah i mean this this all seems very it's a very specific calling in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. of this seeing this connection between this historical and rich music and kind of the current cultural state and your own personal experience. I'm just, I'm curious kind of what it, what were the things that sort of came together? What were the need, what was the need that you had or sure. that you felt from others that, that made all these pieces click together to say, let's create this thing. Yeah. Well, uh, well, one thing that I just want to say before, and I'm happy to go into the story, um, but, you know, like, I think most important personal revelations, at least that I've experienced in my life, they're largely emergent, you mm -hmm. know, they're not, it's not like I was like, okay, here's the situation, here's the problem, here's a 
pen and some paper and we're just mm-hmm. going to figure it out. It's been a process of listening and sure. being available to what's coming through and acting on intuition or spiritual inspiration or however yeah. you want to understand it. Um, and uh, and then retroactively being like doing the more heady work of being right. like, actually, this makes sense for so right. many different reasons. And yeah. like, wow. All these crazy pieces come together to make pieces. this. Yeah. But like, you know, anything that's true has that sort of embedded holism. Yeah. Um, and the more you look, the more you can see the pieces fitting together. And the more you take a step back, the more you can just appreciate mm-hmm. the, the larger picture. Sure. Um, but personally... Um, the story, I guess you could say begins, well, I mean, it begins in the suburbs. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Boston, Newton, Massachusetts, which is a sprawling 80,000 person suburb. It's like huge, a huge suburb. And, and it was a, I can't complain. I mean, it was very, I I had a very privileged upbringing, uh, went to nice schools and really safe neighborhood and all of that. But you know, it was conspicuously lacking in kind of depth and Mm -hmm. substance. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I think that kind of, that, that constituted the backdrop. There was something missing. I had a totally Mm -hmm. secular upbringing. Um, and, um, and I did feel like I didn't know exactly what it was, but there was some like piece on the inside that wasn't being activated. Um, and I was really into music. I was always kind of like nerdily obsessed with a variety of different things. I was super into the Beatles and Bob Dylan. I was also really into movies and just like kind of culture generally, Mm -hmm. but in, you might say a more, I'm not going to say a superficial way, but but in a more uh, contemporary context without that sort of like larger historical picture. Um, and then I took a year off. After high school, I took a year off before college. And during that year, I traveled extensively using the social network Couchsurfing, mm. which is a forerunner to Airbnb for the folks that don't know. It's like a, it, was a, it is a free uh, alternative to Airbnb. And instead of paying someone to sleep at their place um it's 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 a cultural exchange basically like you tell them stories of where you're from and they get to you know take you to their favorite bar and really it's a community of togetherness uh and it it's a beautiful vision Mm -hmm. it really blew my mind i was traveling with a close friend and um we traveled all around europe for uh something like yeah more than 100 days and we Barely spent any money on nights for accommodation. Wow. Everything else was couch surfing. And I met so many so many amazing people. And it was really kind of like this singular revelation. I'm like, wow, when the internet, when the connectivity of the internet serves to support um, real life connection, mm. that's when it's at its most potent. That's mm-hmm. when it unleashes a transformational power when it's just stuck on that like hyperlinked level that layer above reality it's just kind of like it's a big time time drain as far as i'm concerned i mean there are definitely all kinds of cool stuff that have come out of that culture um no doubt but um but for the most part you know if it's not tethered to the real i think it's at the very least a wasted opportunity so Mm -hmm. so um yeah, and you kind of you you mentioned that I don't know. If there's on the website or when we talked, you were uh, the important thing with group muse is it is actually in person right. in your living room kinds right. of experiences as opposed to an online experience, which is interesting because the last conversation I had was on about online community. Right, right, right. So right. it's really it's just fascinating this whole right circle of sure, sure, sure. And I, and I certainly do not mean to denigrate online community. I think no, no, it's no, but, really but, important. But but I, I I can at least say that from the couch surfing perspective, that was like the, the kind of the aha moment where I'm like, wow, when this connectivity is is tethered to the real world, then all of these 
transformational yeah. experiences come to the fore because there's so much that happens in the real world. So many energies that are exchanged right. that I think are, are, are like impossible to talk about. They're, mm. they're, they're, they register on levels that we're not conscious of in our, in our thinking mind, um, I, I believe. Um, but, but that we feel and are privy to nonetheless. Um, and so, so that was, so couch surfing was like this big, whoa, this is incredible, but I didn't know what it would really portend to at the time. So then, um, so then I started college and in my freshman year, I was in my, my neighbor's basement and he was a cellist and he was working on a late Beethoven string quartet, the Grosse Fuga, Opus 133 for interested listeners. And, um, and it is, I mean, Stravinsky called it a contemporary piece that will forever be contemporary. It was written in the <laughs> 1820s, but it like truly sounds like modern music. And it's often referred to as Beethoven's most kind of like out there creation. Wow. He was stone deaf when he wrote it. And it's like such a gnarled, fevered masterwork. And I remember I had I had been like tangentially familiar with a number of pieces of classical music because I like took piano lessons when I was in grade school. And my folks, my parents were both into it, are both into it. Um, but but I hadn't really made the personal connection until I heard this piece, which, which so challenged my preconceived notions of what classical music was as this kind of like refined art form. Mm -hmm. It was like, this was such a thorny beast. And I was like, wow, this is just opening parts of myself that I didn't even know were there. So I asked my friend for a recording of it and he burned me a copy. It was the Emerson String Quartet made the recording. Uh, and 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 I just like listened to it 10 times a day for the next two weeks. I went to the local library. I was just yanking things indiscriminately mm -hmm. off the shelves. I'm like, oh, Schubert, I think I've heard of that guy. Brahms, he wrote that <laughs> lullaby. It's like, you know, like these, <laughs> right. these names that were, had been floating around in, in my mine because they're part of the collective the public consciousness but th that i didn't have any personal connection to and so i just stacked my ipod full of this stuff and i became basically an overnight evangelist all i could think about was how much i wanted more people to get into mm. this stuff and i really think that the backdrop that i alluded to earlier was really important growing up in a world that was lacking in this in this depth in this presence in this mystery ultimately mm -hmm. because that's i think the core of this music it's not about anything per se a lot of these masterworks have no words so you can't say like oh they're writing about like a tree or a bird or something it's like no it's just pure presence it's the mystery yeah. unfolding before you and it moves you for reasons that are unknowable but are undeniable and mm -hmm. that simple fact was what was so mind-blowing to me mm. and it and, I, and it filled my interior world with so much richness and uh and it was a very personal mm. experience because you know it was an i was just on my ipod and i was like li literally right. when I, I was like brushing my teeth listening to a mozart opera i was like waiting in line at starbucks and everyone's like pissed off because the espresso <laughs> machine's broken but i'm totally good because mm. i'm listening to like a schubert string quartet or whatever the case may be and i was just like this is so much of what I've been missing in my life. It's just so much beauty and depth and it's just so available because you put it on your iPod and then it's there forever. That was back when when I listen to music on my iPod, right. which is now this like dinosaur, but but Spotify makes even like Spotify completely blows the door open in terms of what's possible um, as a listener and what's accessible as a listener as does YouTube. So so that was that was the next essential leg of this journey. If the first was couch surfing, then um, then there was the the discovery of classical music, the personal discovery of classical music that was just 
that just gave my life so much, so much uh, vibrance, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this purpose, because I was just constantly trying to get more people into it, trying to get people excited about it, and having moderate success, uh, not too much. And then the last piece was this community of musicians who studied at New England Conservatory, um, which is an amazing, one of the best conservatories in the world, truly. Mm-hmm. And they would gather in this apartment in Alston, which is a neighborhood of Boston. Boston, uh, on Linden Street and the concerts that they put on, the evenings they put together, they, it was called Linden Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, and I went as probably the only, among the, the very few, if not the only non-classical musician there, everyone else was just like, right. they were the musicians, conservatory musicians studying at New England Conservatory. And for them, this is just Thursday night. This is just Friday night. Like, of course, like we come together, right. <laughs> we have some drinks, we play incredible music together then we have more drinks more music and then all of a sudden it's dawn you know right (laughs) um and uh and so for me i was like this is not this is not thursday night or friday night this is this kind of holy grail it's the synthesis of an incredibly awesome party just like hanging with rad artists good people lots of laughs and 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 just party vibes and then also transcendently great art and and that struck me as such a compelling synthesis of 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 kind of a big problem in contemporary life which is that we want to have a good time but we also want to nourish ourselves and oftentimes we're presented with a story that the two are sort of incongruous. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, you want to eat well, but like McDonald's is so much more delicious. Mm -hmm. You know, you see that happening again and again. It's like, you know, you should work out because it's healthy for your body, but like it sucks and no one wants to like go on a run every day or something like that. I know a lot of people do, but I'm I'm saying that's kind of the story that we're told that you have to make that kind of that, that, that choice. And, uh, and I don't think that's true incidentally, but, but this, was this moment where I'm like, this is definitely not the case. This is the two things together. And so I combined that experience with this experience I'd have with Couchsurfer. And that's kind of how the idea was born. And um, and yeah, it was it was just this this notion that beyond being how people get into classical music, because that is how this the journey began. How can I get more people excited about classical music? It feel, felt like the first most pressing calling. Uh, it, it started becoming about like, well, just maybe this should just be how people gather generally mm. in a society where there aren't particularly many forthcoming options for folk who just want to be together in a positive way and a nourishing way and in an intimate way where they don't have to be constantly spending money on you know like a ten dollar beer and the music is so loud that you can barely hear your own right. thoughts you know a, a society that is not nurturing of interpersonal intimacy not to mention the life of the spirit um mm-hmm. and the inside the the life of the the interior yeah um and uh and and so with group muse we we're we are very conscious of trying to strike the balance between the two that it's about our outside lives. It's about the social dynamics in the living room, meeting people, making connections, um, you know, going to more group muses with your new group muse friend, all of that. But then it really is also about the inner world and about honoring how sacred the inner world is and saying, you know, hey, you can totally have a night where you're like having plenty of belly laughs and also a night where you sit down and you breathe and you're just Mm -hmm. in your body and then this incredible stuff that's been inspiring people for generations on generations just washes over you and connects you to that 
holy essence that is truly only yours mm. that uh, like the way in which um, a masterwork can can move a person i think is just so totally their own mm. you know um and um yeah so that's so so that that's sort of like that the dualism of the the um experience is really what kind of like carried it forward i think and it took some time to realize that that's why it was working yeah. but um but i do think on reflection that it was just it was touching kind of the the two aspects of human life the inner and the outer mm. and um and so yeah so at the very the very so i i graduated college in may of 2012 and i worked at tanglewood over the summer on boston symphony orchestra's kind of summer home um and that was at that point i'd already kind of had this idea turning using social networking as a technology to turn the inherently social character of classical music the fact that like it happens in real space in real time mm -hmm. and thereby you have to do it with other people turning that from its leading liability into its greatest asset because mm -hmm. like right now i, I don't want to say right now because i think things have changed a lot since group music began but um but at the time it was like yeah i mean people knew that classical music concerts were happening in their city it just wasn't a scene that people identified with yeah and there's a reason why you know like mick jagger says whatever city he's in like you know scranton pennsylvania is the best city on earth you know it's because people want to feel that kind of mm -hmm. connection that moment of togetherness and and classical music experiences for the most part don't don't address that need as much you know it's like kind of like being in an, uh, a museum and you're like not allowed to touch the artwork mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um so yeah. so um yeah that's that's really interesting uh, that was one of the questions that i wanted to talk to you about which you've kind of addressed but i know that classical music has struggled with audiences and especially reaching young audiences but yeah. it's not just classical music it's you know anything li live performance mm. um and, and a lot of times even classical arts like you mentioned museums they've a lot of organizations are doing a lot of work about community engagement. Mm. But I think what you're talking about is very different than the angle that I've heard. You know, when you're talking about community engagement, you're talking about reaching out into the community to bring them here to somehow be more engaged with what we're doing, right. as opposed to creating this, you keep using the word intimate, but that's exactly what, right. what you're talking about, this intimate connection where being an audience member is what being an audience member was always intended to be, which is another piece of, of what's happening. Right. You know, as a performer, that audience interaction changes the performance and vice versa. And so it's just very interesting, I think, to kind of t to hold on or take hold of that element of live performance and then amplify that yeah. and, and even to have, to kind of move bravely into that to, to create small gatherings yeah it's really it's really interesting yeah i mean i mean one of the ways in which you can understand the the success of group muse is that we've taken this approach of not saying like hey there's this amazing concert happening at carnegie hall uptown put on your sunday bests not that you've got to get dressed up for the concert hall but a lot of people think you do mm -hmm. put on a nice uh, a nice outfit drop 60 bucks get on the train go to a neighborhood you never go to uh, and enjoy this music that you're not familiar with. Like we say, like, forget about that yeah. for now. What are you doing on a Friday night? You're hanging with your friends in mm. Bushwick. No worries. We'll bring the Beethoven to you. Mm. 
and and sort of having the humility to say that we do need to make a case for this great art. Those of us who believe it, we can't just sit back and be like, well, you know, if people don't appreciate it, it's their loss and they're dumber for it. Mm -hmm. um, we need to have the humility to say, no, we can just show up. Let's <laughs> do what we can do to, to, to spread the gospel, to just get it out right. wherever we can. Um, and, uh, and I think that's really, that's, that's been a major part of why Group Muse has found this new audience because we're willing to like bring some hustle to it and like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're, we're willing to bring the string quartet all the way across town and come to you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that the intimacy is also totally crucial yeah. because, you know, again, there are just not that many sanctioned spaces in society to both meet people who you don't yet know and also feel like you're not being hustled in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. spaces are increasingly dominated by kind of corporate interests mm -hmm. and um and and the the living space the the private home is one of the few spaces that that <laughs> is truly is truly uh, our own can be a community's own you know can uh, obviously an individual owns it but it also speaks to their particular yeah. internal world and it's not there for any other reason but to to be there for the the humans who yeah. live there as opposed to like here's the space and it's a multi-use space and we're selling lots of coffee and selling lots of drinks and rent is going up so the prices are going up and we gotta mm -hmm, keep hustling mm -hmm. people in and out and in right. and out and like that type of pressure inflects how people feel yeah, like they yeah. can commune in those spaces yeah. i really do believe um and so it's a way and i mean we've dealt with that the hard way in new york as prices to use big spaces for our bigger events which we call massive muses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have just gone up and up and it's like well we can't really do massive muses in the way yeah. we used to when we first got to new york it was massive muses all the time but now it's like we can't spend seven thousand uh, dollars yeah. like renting a space it's just like we just can't do that so i guess we're not going to have as many massive muses in new york anymore right. but that's fine because there's so many living rooms and the living room scene mm -hmm. is bumping you know it's like it's a loss but you know we compensate in other ways yeah and um and so i, I again i i feel like part of what we're what we're doing is we're opening up these really special personal spaces um, for community use in a way that's really deeply reciprocal. You know, mm. that that like as um, as a host, you don't have to pay to get this private performance in your own space. You don't mm. even have to put on your shoes and the <laughs> Beethoven is coming right to you. And all that we ask is that you make the space available for other members of the community yeah. who want to be just part of this larger togetherness. Yeah. I, I'm just my mind is spinning. There's so much in this conversation for for us as we're you know kind of rethinking religious gathering mm. in a way. And and it's funny because a, a lot of the words that you use are religious terms like sure. evangelist and gospel and all that <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, that's, and I know yeah, that's not personal. how you mean it, yeah. but it. Um, I I just think there's a there are a lot of parallels, and I think that that there's a real there's this real dangerous skating when it becomes institutionalized and all the needs of the institution that then aren't able to maybe meet some of this you know you're you're talking about creating space for people to gather in this soulful community and to yeah. have this experience which is a deeply personal and deeply spiritual experience yeah. i would say which i i think is where the arts live i agree completely um, so it's just it's fascinating to to learn and to hear your thought process in creating these models and creating these ways of gathering because i think we're being challenged to rethink the way we do our form of that right yeah i think it's incredibly important work i can't think of more important work being done in the world right now i mean 
you know, institutionalized religion has a bad rap, I think for good reason, but like we can't throw the baby out mm. with the bathwater. I mean, we all have this interior life. We are all possessed of a desire to touch into something bigger, to be held by a larger love. Mm. And, um, and so it is totally incumbent upon the folks who are in this world to find ways of to find new ways of talking about this old impulse mm -hmm. that is like the oldest human impulse. As far as I can, as far as I'm aware, basically every human culture for all of history has sought communion with this larger whole. Right. And, um, and so, you know, this part of the dysfunction of this era, I think, is an attempt to, to say that that was all like, silly or superstitious or something like that is such a catastrophic mistake it's there's such mm -hmm. hubris there and i think that um that it's on us the, the those of us who un know how important that work is to like kind of redefine the terms upon which these these kind of gatherings can happen and i'll tell you at a group muse you know everyone comes there's this like, kind of lively conversation before the music begins but then when the music starts People are sitting there with their eyes closed, mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, with their hands holding their heads, and it looks like group prayer. And like, mm -hmm. is it any different? I'm not even sure if it is any different. Maybe it is yeah. group prayer. And then when the music is over, the, the, the conversation just goes through the roof. And everyone is so lively and because we've all gone somewhere together. And right. sometimes we've gone someplace that's like, you know, really new at times uncomfortable. I mean, a, like a Shostakovich string quartet can take you to the very verge of uh, emotional experience mm -hmm. uh, and speaks to the world that he was steeped in living in, you know, totalitarian Stalinist Russia. And um, and like the fear that it was, you know, that, that, that was gripping his heart as he wrote the eighth string, as he wrote his eighth string quartet, whatever the case may be. And to like to, to, to bring that to, I mean, literally like transcend time and space and deliver that emotional experience yeah to a group of folk who don't have to touch that reality, but definitely like there are analogs in the contemporary world. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, we are so not beyond that. And, um, and so I, I think that really that the, 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 the mystical aspect of this experience, I think cannot be overstated again. Like we don't know why it's so moving. We don't know mm -hmm. why it, 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 it pulls our heartstrings in the way that it does, but it does. And that mystery for me, that's all I'm talking about when I say the spiritual life, that, right. that huge thing that words fall short in trying to describe. That's all it is. You know, it doesn't have to be, I don't think it has to be in like, you, like in reference to a particular book or in reference to a particular house of worship. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those things can be transformational supports for people. But, um, but ultimately what is important is that longing for transcendence and being subsumed into this larger love that we know we all know in those moments where we just like feel the goosebumps mm -hmm. at the favorite at the favorite moment in our favorite song or the favorite passage in our favorite poem whatever it is we know that that we're touching it and 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 then it goes away because that's just cuz then the <laughs> profanity of just regular life sets in again but we just we know that it's in the background there and so i i feel like part of what we're trying to do with group muse is just kind of bring it back into more regular life yeah that's what i was going to say you're providing the structure for people to revisit over and over again right. where it's 
it can be a part of your life. Totally. It's like a it's like a Tuesday night thing or a mm-hmm. Thursday night thing. Totally can be a Friday night thing. We have had some bangers on like a, a Friday night, Saturday night, <laughs> like roof rattlers. Those are great group muses. <laughs> but also like it can totally be like on Tuesday night, there's like a solo, there's a soloist, there's a cellist who's just down the street and yeah. you just like go and you touch into it and then you return to your life. Yeah. And it's more affordable. It's more joyous. It's more oriented around the the natural social flow of your life because it's your neighbors. You know, right. you're not, you're not doing this big change. You're not like going to a different part of town and like mm-hmm. engaging with a community that you don't really connect to and kind of feeling invisible until the music is over. You know, you know, it's like much more kind of integrated. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, what are what are you experiencing from the standpoint of of connecting with other people and the the community that's developing? I mean, is it these little communities who just kind of start to come together because they're listening to the music? Is, is are they starting to connect on a broader level? What what do you see happening there? What's the experience people are having? It's honestly, it's really difficult to say. I, I you know, for one, we're a really small team and our resources are very limited so we can't do the sort of data analytics and 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 articulate some sort of larger picture um with any effectually at all kind of so honestly group news is just way larger than i can conceive and (laughs) i can't really say i mean i know that you know, people are gathering all over the country every night of the week, um, and like lots of like it, it. It leads to romantic relationships. My partner, I met at a group muse, and I know of a number of stories like that. Roommates meet at group muses. Best friends meet at group muses. A lot of my social mm-hmm. circle. I mean, so many of my close friends I know through group muse, and I know that's the story with so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, because well, one of the m- kind of shocking things is that. Like we're fulfilling with classical music, no one might think that it could so ably serve this role, but like we're actually addressing a huge gap in, you might say, the marketplace. I, mm. I'm disinclined to use that word, but like it seems fitting. Um, in the marketplace, it's like once you graduate college, literally, how do you even make friends? Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like how do you even mm-hmm. do that? There's not actually a particularly ready-made answer. And so we do think that group music is just a really good way to do that. Right. Um, so I, I, I would say that a, I know that a lot of that is happening and, you know, group muses are very full and we get lots of ex, like glowingly positive feedback. I mean, ludicrously positive mm-hmm. feedback, but um, but I'm not really sure what the larger essence looks like. And, you know, I don't, you know, I want it, to, it's like we see ourselves kind of as stewards of this garden but it's got its own destiny and it's going right. to it's going to it's going to fulfill its potential in its own way and we just want to serve it as opposed to you might say a more typical startup is like this is the goal and we're going to squeeze it into this box whatever it is um you know we want group news to grow we want it to proliferate but we want it to be like bigger than anyone can conceive we mm-hmm. want it to be this kind of mysterious thing where we know people are having all of these kind of personal holy experiences intimate inter- interpersonal experiences as well that just like never go recorded you know they, yeah, they're yeah. not like we ne- we never get like a big almanac of like oh this is all the all the the important moments of group news right. the past couple years it's just like we we just know it's out there and it's humming right along and it just continues to build itself. Yeah. I personally 
have my own aspirations uh, in terms of my relationship with Group Muse. Mm. Um, you know, I want, I aspire to someday be primarily involved in Group Muse local as opposed to continuing to steward uh, to be like a national steward, mm -hmm. um, which I think that there's always going to be, that's always, there's going to be some degree of that, but I actually hope that it becomes, that it really becomes an increasingly decentralized community mm -hmm. where like, you know, Group Muse Boston, Group Muse Philadelphia, Group Muse New York, they kind of have their own cultural essences, which they mm -hmm. already do, mm -hmm. but they're also more just like in control of their destinies. Right. And, um, and how do you do that how do you how do you do do you do training with these people i mean how do how do you kind of connect with and then you know release or or how how connected are you i mean you, you do a lot of travel and stay right. in touch but what what does that look like right well uh, in order to be a group news host you have to watch an onboarding video that's like 10 minutes long mm -hmm. it's like not that big of a commitment we used to actually onboard by telephone every host personally but it's just, it ended up being just not, it was too much work. Right. Especially as we continued to scale up. Um, and then, of course, as a musician, there are these parameters within which you can program your 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 evening. Um, we need half of the program to be, quote, standard rep classical. The other mm -hmm. half can be anything the players want, but at least one half has to be standard rep, which we loosely define as like 75 years old or more. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the reason we do that is because we kind of feel like if a piece has endured for that long, it's a, it's a testament to some core of quality that is as objective as we are willing to go. I mean, right. I don't want anyone on the group Muse team to be the arbiter of quality and say, this is good art, this is bad art. So what we say instead is like, this is art that has survived. And if it survived, that says something, mm -hmm. you know, I think the time is the wisest of all. And, um, and so, um, and so the musicians do submit like YouTube performance links. So we know that they're like up to snuff and right. our, again, our standards are not like crazy high. We don't need you to be like, a, a an astonishing virtuoso, but we do need you to be uh, on a professional track. Mm -hmm. This is for professional classical musicians or pre-professional conservatory students. That's mm -hmm. fine too. But, you know, it's about making a case for classical music and if the performances are subpar, right. you're not doing a good job of that. Um, but um, but other than that, it's like the, you know, the, the, the experience kind of takes care of itself. And it's been really affirming to see that humans know what to do. Mm. You know, when people get together, they like know what to do. They know how to be together. It's like, it doesn't need that type of mediation. And it's so simple. <laughs> and yet it just carries itself and increasingly just more and more kind of inspiring uh, possibilities emerge. And, you know, folks think about using group news in all kinds of different interesting ways mm -hmm. how you're going to get like once you have a gathering of people what can you do with that you know people use oh, group interesting. news yeah people use group news as, um, as ways to advocate for causes that are important to mm -hmm. them one of the things that i do i live on a large um estate in west virginia it's a historical estate that's owned by this nonprofit, and my partner and i went over there, moved there 18 months ago to start a permaculture center. Just permaculture, for those that don't know, is kind of a an ecological design philosophy that understands the role of the human as in service of nature as opposed to above and extracting from nature. And mm -hmm. if anyone's interested, definitely research it. It, it kind of changed my life in a lot of ways. But so we got really into it when we were in Brooklyn, and then we moved to this to this uh, center to help them start a permaculture commune, essentially. Um, 
that offers educational experiences, et cetera, et cetera. But also part of the reason why I moved there was so that Group Muse can have kind of maybe a more national home mm. so that, you know, folks from Group Muse Boston and Group Muse New York can know Group Muse, uh, folks from Group Muse DC, like a convergence place. And, um, and so what we do is we gather folks on like a Friday and we have like an opening circle. This is like, it's lightly spiritual. It's totally mm. non-denominational, mm-hmm. totally interfaith, but like just like an intention circle. Then Saturday morning, we'll start with a meditation. And then this is actually happening uh, on September 20th and you're welcome to come, um, truly. Um, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, the, on, on Saturday morning, we'll do like a, a opening meditation circle and then we're planting 500 trees on a riverbank. Wow. You know, and it's like all these folk have come together because they're committed to tending to land in a regenerative way. And then on Saturday night, we gather in the big performance space and have a group muse. Wow. And, it, and, and the idea is that, you know, we're gathering people to share art and when they're together, what's the work that we can do yeah. that is urgently needed mm-hmm. in these times? Uh, and then on Sunday morning, we do like a closing circle and we're all off to our respective yeah. corners of the world. Um, but um, but yeah, so, so, so that is kind of the, what I'm most inspired by in terms of group news's potential is how people resolve to use the human resources that we're capable of marshalling, mm-hmm. you know, primarily in the service of just like the living, like a living room concert. But once folks are there, like, why not, you know, do a, do a voter registration drive? Why not, you know, like do clean up litter on the, like in a local park, right. you know, it's just, there's so much work that needs to be done. Yeah. And work is fun if it's in a soulful community, right, you know? It's right. like, it's so affirming to be able to serve if you're being witnessed in that and you're connecting to people who are similarly committed. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really inspired by that direction yeah. that I personally am trying to take my relationship with Good mm-hmm. News. Yeah, I, I think that's great. There are so many components. I mean, you kind of hit all the components that you would want in... Um, what we might call like a missional community, like right. a, 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 I don't want to say a community of faith, but it kind of, it, it is that, you know, you're having yeah. this spiritual experience, which is happening through a shared experience of the the music, then the connection with one another and how that sort of reflects your transformation and what, what happens when you're in community and then the active serving and doing something in your world. Right. And, and I really love, I really love hearing about this too because I, you know, my back. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. Theater is my my background, and I feel very similarly passionate about theater and what live performance can do. And it's difficult, I find, sometimes to express just what happens in these artistic experiences um, to people who are not maybe as familiar with this kind of classical live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not necessarily even talking about large, uh, you know, performances that happen in a theater, but a lot of those more um, avant-garde or in uh, odd space kinds of things, even even to performance art and happenings and that kind of stuff. So it just gets me really, really interested and excited as you're talking about this way of sort of allowing the art, allowing the music to sort of speak for itself because it is it's a language all of all its own that doesn't necessarily need to be translated. Yeah, and and I would say that it is a it is a divine language that yeah. that's what we were given it, it for. Hundred percent. So it's it's really 
I'm just sort of gushing. I, I think it's really beautiful what you, what you created and the possibilities for for that. Yeah, it's exciting to see it grow. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in terms of you know other types of performance art, we do encourage interdisciplinary experiences in our living rooms. Oh, interesting. Um, and so, yeah, that is definitely an another. In addition to like maybe people coming together and doing service work, which I'm sure like some hosts might be really inspired by and some hosts are kind of like, no, this is really about chilling and that is totally mm. fine. Um, another invitation is for folks to use Group Muse to, yeah, I mean, maybe one half of it is an avant-garde theatrical performance and then the other half is the is the, is the the string quartet. Like I say, our only requirement mm. is that one half be standard rep classical music and like it's a kind of odd, it's an odd thing to insist on, but it just gives so much continuity mm -hmm. to the community. Um, and it opens up all of these possibilities in terms of like collaborating with larger institutions who are struggling to fill the right. concert hall. And that provides actually economic opportunities for group muse. I mean, that's our economic model is that we don't take money from the performers in the living room. We All the money collected in the living room goes to the musicians, but we do um, help large institutions sell tickets, and that's how we make uh -huh. our money as yeah. an organization. Um, and so, um, and so, so that's part of the reason why we have this this focus on classical music. But there's mm -hmm. also this connection to the past that we feel is so important. It's so important to be rooted as we think about what the path forward is. You know, it's like yeah. American. Mainstream American culture is constantly trying to make us forget that we've been here before, right. you know, and and if we would learn the lessons of the past, then we wouldn't constantly make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that connection to the past is like remembering that this is a larger story that we're part of. It's a continuous evolution. It's not like we just woke up here and it's like, how did it get like this? It's like, no, there's right. there's so much to, to be made sense of um, if only we had the urge to inquire and um and so that's why that the historical connection is really important yeah. to me personally at least yeah no i think I, I really appreciate that wisdom i think i think that's a a lot of what you said is something to really chew on and think about and um not just our contacts but uh, the people who are hopefully listening right. <laughs> who are looking at, at um kind of culture making and, and creating community in a variety of settings mm-hmm so before before I let you go, I just wanted to give you a chance to sort of talk specifically about um, what a group muse looks like and how people might connect and participate if they're interested. Sure. So um, so I'll start with the latter. Um, if you're interested in getting involved, the simplest thing is going to groupmuse.com. Um, and you can either be a performer or you can be a host or you can just be an attendee. Uh, and truly anyone can host. Um, if you want to host, you click on the host button, you watch this little onboarding video, and then you fill out the event flow. It's like takes two minutes, literally, you just choose your date, where you live, your living room capacity, etc. And then we match you with local musicians. And sometimes that takes like two weeks, sometimes it takes less. But in our active communities, and we are active in Boston, New York, San Francisco, Washington, DC, Philadelphia, Chicago, Denver, Seattle, Portland, um, and, wow. and also minimally in a few other places, Austin, Texas, Portland, Maine as well, minimally. Um, but um, but 
I'm just, I just want to make sure that I'm not forgetting a big city that might be, it might be hurt. You forgot by... us. <laughs> well, that'll do for now. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. You have a beautiful Greenwich community, I'm sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, um, so you, you just, you know, create, create the event. We match you with musicians. You're introduced via email. Like this is the person who's going to be playing at your event. Then the email, uh, then the event goes live online, and you invite your friends, and you're strongly encouraged to invite your friends because that's how the community grows. That's what keeps it dynamic. That's what mm. keeps new people moving through is hosts inviting their friends, and then and then the other half of the crowd are just returning group users who maybe are coming to their second group muse because their friend hosted two weeks ago, and that's how they got lo looped in. Right. So you can see how it has this kind of modular growth pattern, yeah. um, and it's allowed us to expand across the country with really out without any marketing budget at all. Yeah. Um, and um, and so, yeah, the actual format of the event is as follows. You do pay $3 to RSVP online. That money goes to GroupMuse. Uh, and then you go to the event and um, and it's BYO, it tends to be BYOB. There's usually like 30 to 45 minutes of socializing beforehand, just kind of like getting familiar with the space. Mm -hmm. And then everyone sits on the ground together. We strongly encourage floor seating. I mean, some folks don't like to sit on the floor, but like we really, it's important to us that that option always be available. I love that. I'm a floor sitter. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy what a big difference it makes, yeah. but it just does. Um, and then there's usually a 20 or 25 minute set. Then there's like a 30 minute intermission and then another 20 or 25 minute mm. set. And then just, you know, the evening goes until the host wants to wrap up the show. And I mean, truly, we talk about a group news as being an event that's three hours long, but there's only 45 minutes worth of music. Mm -hmm. And that's because the socializing is just as important as the actual musical performance. Right. We keep the musical performance on the short end because, you know, we, again, it's about just like having the humility to know that folks are new to this stuff. You don't, you mm. always want to keep them wanting more right as opposed to like overloading them and being like well that was too much <laughs> i feel like that's generally like the culture of art consumption these days is kind of like well i'm doing the art thing right now so i've got to take on way more than a human being could possibly mm. process and go to like a three-hour concert or spend six hours in the museum where i'm just like it's just so right. much you know it's like no it's fine just make it just a manageable portion yeah um and that's basically how the evening goes and then and then you know hopefully you go next week and then you see some familiar faces who were at the last group news you were at and then you start to realize wow this is more than just like an evening's activity yeah. there's a continuity here there's a possibility of really growing with this group of people yeah. and that is when the, the potential I think is fully realized wow it's, it sounds amazing yeah. I, I can't wait to go or Check host one we're definitely thinking about that so that's please do wow thank you so much for, for making time to come and, and talk there's a lot that I want to process. <laughs> well, thank you for yeah. giving me the opportunity, Lisa. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, if you already haven't listened to the interview with Lindsay Hayes on technology and faith practices among millennials, be sure to check out our vergenow.org podcast. And stay tuned for my next interview next week with Eric Martinez of the Sanctuaries in D.C., which was founded as the first interfaith arts community in the country, and they activate multicultural artists to heal social division and ignite social change. So you don't want to miss either of those podcasts. And please send me an email and let me know your thoughts and questions. You can send me an email at lsmith at ourconvergence.org. We love hearing from you. So thank you and talk to you soon.